Are you new to coaching? Starting out as a coach can be incredibly overwhelming, especially when you aren't given much direction from your administration. That's why I created the new coaches playbook. It includes a roadmap to help you start building your coaching foundation and a guide to seven podcast episodes in order that will give you the steps and ideas you need to build relationships, define your role, communicate with your admin, and make a plan to start coaching. Hey coach, have you heard about Sydney? You've probably heard me mention them here on the podcast when we talk about video coaching or when Corey Camp was a guest, but there's so much more than that. Sydney knows that coaching can be tough. Most days, it can feel like you're working hard, accomplishing little, and rarely seeing the impact of your work. Sydney makes it easy for you to get more done and watch teachers improve. Their professional learning engagement platform embeds practice and collaboration in every workday, engaging teachers while building a stronger community of learners. As a special offer for listeners of Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, they're giving away an opportunity to experience Sydney for yourself for free for a whole year. Go to sydney.com slash buzz to learn more, claim your free coaching package and win a $25 Visa gift card. To claim your coaching package, go to sydney.com slash buzz. That's S-I-B-M-E dot com forward slash B-U-Z-Z. Sydney, changing the way people learn at work. You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey, coach. Today, you get to listen in to a coaching call as I help a coach figure out how to improve their relationships and communication with teachers. This is episode 137, Building Relationships, a coaching call with Katie Jones. If you are struggling with building relationships with specific teachers on your campus, I really encourage you to go to buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 137. If you scroll down to the bottom, you're going to see the show notes for this episode with kind of a summary. You're going to see the player where you can actually play the episode, and below that, you can and actually click and enter your email address to get a coaching resistant teachers um, mini course. It's going to be sent to your email inbox every day for a week. And it's going to tell you every day, one thing that you can do to change your relationship with a teacher who has been resistant to your support. So definitely check that out. That's buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 137. This area of building relationships can be such a challenge, and it's absolutely foundational to our coaching work. We've talked about relationships in this first part of our human side of coaching series, and I am so excited to help a coach put some of these into action and really kind of think about how um, this is going to look on her campus. I also want to remind you that the Confident Literacy Coach course is going to be opening soon. It's going to be completely updated. Well, the reading and writing modules are going to be completely updated. So check that out at confidentliteracycoach.com. And now let's welcome our coaching friend to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today, Katie. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really glad that you're here today because we're going to talk about um, an important challenge that many coaches have, which is building relationships. And before we get into that, I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself and your coaching work, what your role looks like, all of that stuff. Great. Yes. Um, so I have been in education for 27 years. Um, I spent 
most of those years in the classroom, but four years ago, I um, left the classroom to be an instructional coach. And um, in at that time, I was in a secondary setting. So I was coaching um, teachers of all content areas. Um, and uh, where I'm at right now, um, we actually have um, part-time coaches in the secondary um, setting and then elementary, we have full-time coaches. So I was teaching and coaching, which was a hard thing. Um, but in that setting, um, teachers are really, um, they feel really comfortable with their content and it's sometimes they don't really want to get out of their comfort zone. And we were trying to shift um, to a culture of coaching and that, that gave me a lot of hangups because um, you know, the person would, they would turn when they saw me coming or kind of sigh. And, and so I built, I think for myself, this idea that I was bugging them or I was one extra thing. And I really tried in those first couple years to shift my own mindset that I'm helping them. But I, I wanted to get that same kind of feedback. I wanted them to be excited. I wanted them to, to do that, um, to think that I was helpful. Um, and then last year, oh, actually over the summer, I shifted back to elementary school. Um, I spent the first couple, yeah, spent a long time in elementary, then shifted to secondary. And I'm now back in elementary because I really wanted to coach full time. And um, the coaching coaching role really hasn't shifted for me. I mean, I'm still doing the same kind of work, just in a different setting. Um, but again, um, a different culture here and um, really great help from my principal. She is like, this is what a coach does. This is what um, I want you to do. And then she passes that on to the teacher. So that back, um, that support from administration is really helpful, but I still have my own hangups about not feeling so like I'm doing a good job or helping teachers. I, I want I mean, I know all the things, I know the data and I know I can help them like identify a student and, um, but how do, how do I get over those little hangups and, um, accept the feedback teachers give me and, and maybe shift what I'm doing. If that makes sense, right. I really want to be a successful coach in the way that it's not about me, but that I am helping teachers. Like I can see that they see that. I, I, does that make sense? Yes, it absolutely does make sense. It, it's funny because the first episode of this season that I did and in the series of the human side of coaching is called imposter syndrome, like coaching imposter syndrome. Oh and, yeah. You I know, remember that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's some of it is, um, it's about, some of it's imposter syndrome and some of it is just like you're saying, it's not that you don't think you have anything to offer, but you think they don't think you have anything. To, like they, they do not want you around. And, and it mm -hmm. comes from these experiences that we've had for sure. Like the ones that you had with your high school teachers that would see you coming and turn the other way. Right. Um, and it does, it can really make you feel like you're a burden or mm -hmm. you're like something extra that you're asking them to do. And some people do feel that way. Absolutely. Right. Um, but not everybody does feel that way. And, and I know you see that, but it can be hard to kind of make yourself feel it and know that it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that it's, it's um, if you read, like, if you read any literature about selling anything, like any product that you have, people who sell a lot of things will tell you it's actually 
like if you have something to offer that's going to solve somebody's problem, it's actually, it's terrible to withhold that from them. You know, it's a solution right. that you have. And you're not asking anybody to pay you, but you are asking people to give them, give you their time. Yeah. And so like shifting to that mindset of, you know, this is something that I know that I can make a positive impact here if I can support them in these areas. And I just, you have to like, it, it does take a lot of work to come around to that, to that mindset shift of, I am offering something that is valuable to them and I'm not going to hide from it because then that's actually being unhelpful. Right. Like negligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some of the experiences that you're having with teachers right now? Are, are they kind of confirming that feeling or are they not confirming that feeling? Um, well, I, I was just actually, we have a community of practice for coaches here in my area. Mm-hmm. And so we just had a, a learning coach forum just um, yesterday and I was talking to um, a coaching buddy and and I said, like, are you feeling like I have these really great days or really great weeks where I'll have a, an amazing professional develop? I do I do PD once a week with every team. So we have PD every Tuesday. So I have this really great thing. And it feels like we've got some momentum. And then the next week, it's like, blah. Or same thing with teachers. One week will be like, they'll be so excited and we'll do this. And then my calendar will get filled up and I won't be able to make it in when I went soon enough oh, yeah. to give them that keep them, you know, so like all of those things. And I was asking her and she's like, yeah, I like have really good weeks and then really like terrible weeks. And, and for me, I think this is a personal problem. And I'm sure one that we kind of all struggle with, but I focus on those bad weeks. I focus on the weeks Mm -hmm. that like, so what did I do or what happened? Um, and obviously it could be the full moon or, you know, um, time change or whatever that is, but I tend to be reflective in the sense of, which is kind of funny because I tell my teachers, we are always going to start with the positive. So what's working, but I go automatically to what's challenging. Um, and so there are just a couple things. Um, I have one team that's really productive, mm-hmm. um, but so they, they hate coming to PD. They, they hate that it's taking up their time. And I feel like, I mean, it's, it's mandated by administration. We have to do it. It's my job, but also they have to participate in it. And um, I want them to, I want to help that team shift so that they see that, oh, here we are, but this can help us get to here. And, and maybe what I'm doing isn't effective. I've tried to, you know, tailor their PD to what their team needs and kind of adjust along the way and keep in touch with my admin. But I just get that attitude kind of feeling. Um, And then also um, I've noticed recently, and this has just been after Christmas, that some of my, um, we call them I teachers, I don't know what they are called other places, but early year educators, like within that, that um, the first three years, Mm -hmm. some of those teachers, I'll be heading to our weekly appointment and they'll be like, oh, I'm good. Instead of, oh, good, I'm so glad. And that's kind of how it was at the beginning of the year. Oh, I'm so glad to see you because, you know, I, I really want to talk to you about this. And, and they were really productive. And now it's just, oh, I'm good. You know, so I'm like, what has shifted? What what can I do to make it get to a place where it, that I feel, they feel it's productive? I, I mean, I, I get it. I've done the PD. I've, I've done the, had a coach come in and, oh, you're going to have to do this. So I want to get, I I just want to shift that culture and mindset 
for myself, but also for our faculty as well. Yeah, you've talked about. Can I answer your question? Yes, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, you've talked about a lot of different things that are going on, and that's probably how they're in your brain too, right? Like everything is interconnected and feeding into everything else. Yes. Um, And I think that so first off, you talked about teachers. Like some weeks you feel are really great, and some weeks not so great. Mm -hmm. Some of that is going to be just teachers. You know, it's Mm going to just be they are overwhelmed. They are dealing. I mean, I don't know your specific circumstance, but I can bet if they are a school in the United States, they are struggling. (laughs) Right. You. Yep. You said it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're understaffed. They are too many demands placed on them. They're not given the respect that they need. They don't have enough time to do all the things that they're asked to do. And so some of that is like some weeks they're probably like, okay, I'm going to try this new thing. I'm excited. Then some weeks they're just tired. Mm -hmm. And so you can't always, that isn't always going to be you that is responsible for that. Um, Sometimes it's outside forces. And the best that we can do is be the supportive person and say, man, I, I get it. I see you're tired. I understand. I, you know, this is, this is tough. You're asked a lot is being asked of you. And sometimes starting there and say, and confirming how you can tell that they feel that might get them to start digging into it and say, yeah, I'm just really overwhelmed with X, Y, Z. And whenever they start going down that road, that's when you can say, you know what, that's something I can help you with. Mm. And so if you can get them to start talking even about the challenges or even about the things that they're, that they're not happy about. Sometimes we feel like, Oh, they're in such a mood. I'm just going to walk the other way. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't right. want to, what if I'm the reason for the mood? I don't want to unleash the fury. Right. But if we can say, I can see that you're having a hard day in whatever way it feels natural to you to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can say, I, I can tell, is everything okay? Seems like, you know, something's a little off today. Is everything all right? Um, you can sometimes get them to start talking about the struggles that they're having. And that's when you can step in and say, I can help you with this. You can't always, sometimes you just, right. Um, Sometimes you're like, yeah, that is the state of education right now. And (laughs) I agree. It's awful. Um, But sometimes you can say, well, what can we do? What can I help you with? Mm -hmm. And that might be a way to, even if they're not having the best time and they're already kind of like, no, no, I'm fine. I don't need anything, but you can tell something's not super happy Mm -hmm. (laughs) in their world. Um, Sometimes you can address it that way and get them to talk with you. And if you can really get them to talk about the struggles and the problems that they're having, then that might be a a door that you can open. Cool. I like that. Can I ask a question about that? Because I'm just, I'm literally processing, okay, here's a situation. Like I did have a team come in and I, they looked exhausted and there was a little edginess to them. Um, And so I'm, I'm wondering, asking about that. And I have done that. I've said, oh, I can see you're really tired. You know, what What can we do today or whatever? But I'm wondering when they, and you would probably know better than than me, um, but I'm wondering if, if I were to list on the whiteboard or take notes as they're, you know, does that, I, I want to validate their feelings, yes. but then I also want to be able to say, well, what is in our control? And yes, and then ask the question, how can I help with that? Absolutely. You know what I mean, the, is yeah. that the, the word isn't coming to me, but I don't want to be like, oh, 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 good. This is time for me to take notes. I want it to seem like I'm paying it like it's important. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And, you know, maybe the way to do that. So it doesn't seem like you're like, oh, good. This is my moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. I don't want it to be like that. Right. Maybe what you can do is just, um, sort of proactively say, this is what we're going to do when we walk into PLC today. Mm. So have it set up that that is what you're going to do or PD or whatever it is, 15 minutes or whatever time you have. 
And there's a strategy. I actually included a tool like this in my SEL tools for coaches Mm -hmm. um, where they can write about all the stuff that's happening that's on their plate and then what they can control and what they can't. And I think Elena Aguilar also has um, an activity, a similar one where she has them trying to think of what she calls it, nexus of control or sphere of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something along those lines where they have like circles and mine is similar. So they, they can write all the stuff that's, that's really impacting them. And then they're, they kind of figure out, well, what is it that we can actually work on? Because everything gets jumbled up and it's like, everything is awful, but maybe there's something that can be done that it might not solve all the problems, but it could help them solve a problem. And that would be one less thing on their list of things that's just weighing them down. Right. Right. I love that. And I think that my teachers would actually appreciate that because there is, I mean, I hear this all every day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't see here. Oh, it just feels like a lot, you know, like a big sigh and the word a lot, right? Because yes. it is, it is a lot, everything, attendance. I mean, you know, all of those things, it, it is, it is a lot right now. So I love that. I love building that in, um, into the the interaction with the teams. I I appreciate that um, suggestion. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. If you know they're coming in that way, then let's address it. Just like with our students, right? If we Mm -hmm. see that our kids, if you think about them like a class, obviously they're adults, but still, you know, they're people. So if you Mm -hmm. think about them like a class, we see our kids come in every day. And whenever we start to see lots of things, lots of, you know, maybe misbehaviors or annoyed you know, interactions with each other, we start to say, okay, well, what can we do proactively to work on this? And it's not going to solve all the problems. We're not going to change the home lives or the academic struggles. You know, we're not going to fix any of those things, but we can help them have a better day and help them change what they can at school um, and help them feel like they have a place, at least, at least a safety place, a a place of safety. So um, that's something that you can plan in at the beginning of your, of your PLCs or PDs that hopefully you would see some return on that from teachers because they would know you value and you're trying to understand what's going on so that you can help. Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. And, and, and I'm thinking um, that I could revisit after after the initial list, revisit and say, how are these things going? Or, you know, and is the thing that we talked about and, and you know, worked on last week? I mean, I, I, I could see how that would be helpful. And then, and then where my biggest hang up is, is building that relationship. So I'm not this other thing. I'm supporting you. I, yeah, I really like that. Thank you. You can kind of bring it together. It's like a coach is not the person that tells you what you're supposed to be doing. The coach is the person who's going to help you figure out what you want to work on and and grow in that area. And I can help you solve some of the problems. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things. I mean, we don't come in and say, here's the solution, but we can say, let's figure it out together, you know, right. Um, and you can walk alongside the person and help them get through some of these issues, even though many of them are not like, I remember doing things similar to this with teachers and saying, well, how is this going? And sometimes they're like, I mean, it's something, you know, <laughs> they don't, but they, <laughs> right. they felt like they had a partner and mm-hmm. that's that sometimes that's the best that can be done in that moment is to be a partner, even if you can't fix it. Right. Right. I like that. Another thing that you mentioned was about um, the good weeks that you have some, like some good weeks and that, that some weeks didn't feel as good. What feels really good about the good weeks? Um, excitement, enthusiasm. Um, and yeah. was that coming, like coming from the teachers? Yeah. 
And and I'm excited about the work that, that they're excited about. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and oh, that was just really great. There was a lot of talk, a lot of collaboration, um, back and forth. Um, sometimes I'll I and I'm still learning. I think I will always be learning how to be um the the right kind of coach in the right kind of moment. But sometimes I notice I'm paying attention to mm-hmm. to the teacher and they start to kind of shut down or then I'm like, oh, I am putting too many ideas out there or I need to ask a question right now. I need to, you know, those type mm-hmm. of things. And and it just feels like whatever happened, it was just right. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. in those good moments, it just felt right. There was, do you know what I mean? There wasn't any of that, you know, there was just a yeah, momentum, I guess is the biggest word that, because I feel, oh, okay, now we're, there's something we're going to work on. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes. Because they are excited. They're excited to do something. And then you're, you're like, oh, great. I get to help them and right. you feel really good about it. Right. Um, yeah. And so sometimes like if we can look at those really strong weeks and say, well, what was it that we were doing? What was, was there anything that I did that I can perpetuate the next week? Cause like you're mm-hmm. saying, you, you, we do focus on, oh, this didn't go well. This didn't feel good. This was not mm-hmm. a great conversation. Yeah, all um, right. But whenever we focus on those things, that's what fills our head. And I remember once reading something about whatever you feed will grow. So mm-hmm. the sense of like failure or inadequacy, all those things we're feeding them by focusing on all the stuff that did not go well. And it's not that we don't want to reflect on that. Obviously we do, but we also want to reflect on the good stuff and say, okay, what made that so good? How can I take an element of that and try to bring it into the moments that are maybe not working as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, what do you think? Like you talked about being responsive to uh-huh. teachers. That's one thing that you notice whenever you're really responsive and really listening and noticing those cues, that's something that's going well on those right. days, right? Is there anything else that you see going really well on those weeks? Um, I think feedback from the teachers, like actual the actual words of that was awesome, or that was so good, or I'm so excited, you know, instead of like getting up and okay, I got to go, you know, um, mm-hmm. they're, oh, oh, our time's up. Oh, shoot. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Is and they're the ones that are talking, not me, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like I'm pulling and pushing and prodding or whatever it is mm-hmm. to get the movement that we want to see. So is there a pattern of like topics or what kinds of things you're working on those weeks that have gone really well? Um, we're doing a book study this year, um, BTC, so Building Thinking Classrooms in Mathematics. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when we do math tasks from that, from the book, and as we're going through the book, sometimes um, that feels exciting because um, the teachers are participating. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like that. But then the other thing is when I am literally cannot talk because I'm taking so many notes, like I'm the scribe and they are either collaborating with their team or are they're just thinking or, oh, let me, oh, I think I could do this. You know, like when they, when I can ask one really good question where it generates a lot of talk and thinking and reflection and, and again, some kind of not, not product necessarily, but some kind of generate an idea or something that gets them excited and gets them wanting to do more. Mm -hmm. So I think those, 
I mean, if I were to go back and look, I'm sure there are other things, but those are the two things that I think are part of my good weeks, Mm -hmm. you know? Do you, do you plan your questions? Do you know what? I have worked on questions. I've always said for the last four years, this year I'm working, that's my focus is working on questioning. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this is the first year that I have felt secure enough in my role. Like Mm -hmm. I, I kind of know what I'm doing. I know what my, I I know how to plan my schedule, that kind of thing, where I actually have time and have sat down and wrote questions beforehand. Okay. And that I'm just, I'll just throw it out there right now. That works way better than just trying to do it on the fly. Yes. So I, I have found, um, I don't know how to write really great questions yet. I'm, I'm still using the same exact questions like which, how, and why, I mean, like, you know, those type of things. Um, so if you have a resource for, um, you know, a list of great questions to keep, get me going, that would be awesome. But that, but writing questions down and preparing for our time together has been really helpful. So, so yes, this year I'm starting to do that. That's pretty, I'm sure that's really been a big uh, game changer. That's great. It um, has. So one person I know who's just fantastic at questioning is um, Jessica Vance. And okay. she's actually been a guest on this podcast once uh, last season and we talked about inquiry. So that might be a good episode to go back and listen to. Um, right. But she also has a, a website. She's an author. She has a, um, a an Instagram where she shares lots of little reels about what they're working on. It's good stuff. So let me just check the the number for that. That is episode 112. Okay. Inquiry is a framework for leading leadership and learning with Jessica Vance. So that's a great one. If you want to think about questioning, um, she talks about curiosity and, um, using things as like actual artifacts as, um, uh, oh goodness. I can't think of what the word she is. Oh, provocations. So like you're actually looking at something. So you've got this, this book that you're reading, mm-hmm. but you possibly bring in student work to look at or some kind of hands-on something to look at and see how it ties into what you're learning in the book? Um, we, it would have to be, we've learned this strategy and then we've done it. And then we look at it and would go on to the next strategy. It's actually a district book study. So mm-hmm. I, I have to do it, but it's a fantastic book. And my teachers are starting to shift and really try some of the strategies. So that's good. So maybe, um, maybe not student work analysis, but more um, like who tried this strategy yeah. and mm-hmm. what did like, so actually ask for that, that feedback. What, you know, what did you notice? How did you see that it worked? Um, that kind of thing. I have one particular team who one teachers just jumped in head first and they have been asking lots of questions of her, you know, oh, and then that's been a lot of really good um, collaboration there. Cause she's like, I, I still don't know what I'm doing. It's really messy, but this is what I'm seeing. So, so yeah, I could definitely do, you know, what are your successes with this and what are its challenges with doing this strategy? So, yeah, yeah. I, I think what you're saying, I'm hearing two things. I'm hearing like actual, like classroom implementation and mm-hmm. reflection on that. And I'm hearing teacher leadership. Yes. And both of those things are great ways to get teachers engaged because they can talk about what they did. They can talk about what they would like to do, but they can also have another teacher leader, you know, somebody from their campus actually share about 
what they've done, you know? And so that might be something you may have to plant that seed. Like in advance one week, you might say, Hey, I'm actually going to ask people to share about what they did, you know, during this next book study. So could you just kind of keep that in mind and, and think about how this has gone in your classroom, maybe even bring a couple of, of an activity or two that you use or, or whatever it is that, you know, whatever strategy you use or student work sample that you use to share about how it went, because mm-hmm. we would love to hear from you. Cause I know you've been trying this out. Yeah. And then you can also use that as a way to get other teachers to try things out over time. So you can be like, Hey, would you try one of these out and share about it next week? I like that. And that way you can get them to hopefully implement something. Cause there's going to be some sort of not accountability, but it's, it's really, it's like social accountability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like nice accountability. You're going to share so you can talk about it, you know? Right. And I'm, I'm wondering too, I try to get into um, just t- observe actually trying mm-hmm. to get in to be a helper mm-hmm. and, and observe, um, you know, great strategies and things. So I'm wondering if even come saying, Hey, I saw this in your classroom. Yes. Would you share at the beginning, just, you know, how you do that? Cause it was really effective. you you know, the engagement was high or whatever using the data, but I like that. I like that a lot. That's a great way to do it. If you're, if you're in classrooms and you see it happening, absolutely. Um, and it's also a good way to get yourself into classrooms because if somebody's like, well, you know, I don't really, I, all these other people have shared, I don't, I've still never tried anything. You can say, well, I can come help you with that. I know it's stressful to try something new, but I'm happy to help. Or yeah, you can get them to visit each other or you can record it. So um, the recording, you might, you could do like a video of one teacher or a couple of teachers doing a strategy in action, just really short, you know, a couple of minutes, and then you can play it at the beginning of your next meeting. So that way you can say, well, this is how I saw it going in this classroom. And um, that hasn't, did anybody else try it? How did it go for you? Did it look like this? Did it look different? And you can sort of use that as a piece of, of evidence to kind of triangulate and talk around it instead of just teachers looking at each other and talking. Cool. I, I like that a lot, actually. And, and I'm thinking I have several teachers. No, it's not everyone by any stretch of the imagination, but several teachers that are implementing certain things like um, randomization and things like that. Um, and I could get different grade levels and just mm-hmm. here's how this person does it. Here's how I like that. Um, yeah, that. Or all your grade- Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> so many great ideas and run out of paper. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> Are all your grade levels together whenever you uh whenever you meet to talk about the book? Um no, we okay. don't we meet just um as a team, so a grade okay. level team for 45 minutes. Okay. So then so yeah, the video have, might be great. Yeah, okay. that would yeah, it would actually be really, really helpful, I think. So and I'm, I already have an idea of like what and, and who I can go in. Oh, and that's good. How I could, because they're all different. And the other thing is, it's not exactly like the book says, but it shows how teachers have tweaked it for yes. them and their personality and their students and stuff. So I really like that. So that's such that a good point. Awesome. If you can stay grounded in reality mm-hmm. and not like pie in the sky, that's when mm-hmm. teachers are going to find that even more valuable because some teachers are going to read it and they're like the adapters. They read it and they go, oh yeah, I know how I can do this. I can, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to make it work by doing this. And some teachers read it and go, that's ridiculous. That's never going to work. Never, never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Have these people ever dealt with children or what, you know, they yeah. just can't envision it. 
and they can't envision, they, they don't think it'll work the way it's written and they can't figure out how it could be done differently. So if you can show adaptations, that's terrific. Cause then you're saying, just try something. It doesn't have to be what you think is the other saying is perfect. It just try mm-hmm. it and see what it looks like in your classroom. And then we can go from there. But if you don't try something, we can never get it, make it grow, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. I like that. Was there any other kinds of points that you wanted to talk about um, that you, or that we haven't covered? Any other questions um, that were lingering? No, no, you have got my brain going. Oh, yay. So, yeah, I'm, I feel like everything that we talked about, I mean, there are so many challenges as a teacher and then you step out of the classroom and think you can fix everything as a coach and you can't because there's so many challenges as a coach because right. like, like <laughs> right. everyone's different and everyone is at a different area. And, um, but I feel like everything that we talked about, just that the SEL tool, how can I help you with that? Um, being a partner. And even, even I was thinking like, I'm not here to lead you. I'm just here to be another member of your team. Like mm-hmm. those type of things that really stuck out to me. And then the two things you said about classroom implementation and then teacher leadership. We have amazing teachers at my school and and they work really hard. So to to incorporate those things um, and getting them in maybe even just a learning walk. Let me take your class for 15 minutes, yes. go down to third grade or, you know, that all of those things that we talked about help me feel like I can shift my own mindset, but then also build those relationships with my teams and individually with my teachers. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's all interconnected, right? It's all, and that's what makes coaching so hard, but that's what makes it so great. Once you get those things established and those become common practice, you can do so much with those frameworks and that mindset. Right. Right. So yeah, no, I am excited. Yay. I feel like I want my teachers to feel Yes. And hopefully, you know, you'll have that opportunity as you keep moving forward and they get excited about trying things and they get excited about problem solving. And and if they see some results, Mm -hmm. then they can start to envision things being different. And they can also know that there's somebody who will be there to help them and walk alongside them, even when it's challenging. Right. Right. For sure. I do have one question. I I wrote the one on the episode, but I can't remember the other ones. What was the episode with Jessica Vance? Yes, it is 112. 112. I was yes. thinking 121 and I thought I better ask before I write <laughs> that down. scrolling for a while. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> awesome. Yes, thank All you right. so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. And I would love to hear how these things go if you implement some of these ideas. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. That was so good. I am so glad that she brought up those challenges that she's having because even though they were very specific to like a book study and math, it's easy to generalize all those things and to take something away with you that will work in your situation as well, even with different content, different teachers, different, you know, meeting structures. And so I'm so glad that Katie joined us today. If you have not picked up that free email challenge, I do recommend that you grab it buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 137, and then scroll down to the coaching resistant teachers challenge. And I did mention those SEL tools for teachers. You can actually get those at my TPT store buzzing with miss. Oh, sorry. That's not, <laughs> it will be at buzzingwithmissb.com. I'll have a store set up soon, but in the meantime, go to teacherspayteachers.com. 
and search for Chrissy Beltran or Buzzing with Miss B and look for the SEL tools. Those are some tools that you can use at your beginning, the beginning of your um, meetings, your PLCs, your professional developments to kind of help teachers process through some of what they're working through and, um, and share a little bit if they're ready to share about the challenges that they're dealing with. Next week, we are talking about communicating with administration. And this is a whole special challenge on the, the human side of coaching because admin, they're humans too. Okay. And so you're going to get a sneak peek at one of the lessons from my course, The Confident Literacy Coach, because that's opening up soon. If you want to know when it opens up, go to confidentliteracycoach.com and get your name on the wait list so you get an email sent to you right away. And until the, then, until next week, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.